Welcome back to Don't Cuddle Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. A big, a big bonus episode today. This is a back-to-back bonus episodes. Um, today, if you are not aware and are wondering why we are releasing this on a on a Monday, we are doing a special little episode on Cradle before the Winter Steel release today. We're doing. We're doing some uh, listener-submitted theories and uh, proving them wrong. And and who boy, you guys? There are some there are some bad ones in here. <laughs> we're about to get you, so get ready for that. So okay, so w- if you are a regular listener, uh, welcome. If you were listened to our previous Cradle episodes, welcome back. If you are not aware. We do have Cradle episodes on the previous books uh, from a few months ago. If you haven't listened to them, uh, go back and give them a listen. Um, let's do... Okay, so let's let's kind of explain our, our schedule here a little bit. I've already said what we're going to do today. We So Winter Steel is going to come out, uh, and then we are going to... That's coming out Tuesday, October 6th, which is tomorrow. From when this episode and we are going out. to we are going to read half of it and get an episode out on that first half Thursday. Keep an eye keep an eye out for that. Again, we're only doing the first half on that one, um, and then we're going to uh, do the second half the next week. So keep keep an eye out. Don't I, we made a little we made a little deal with you guys. If you're if one of your crazy theories is right, we're tweeting. We're tweeting personal embarrassing stories to Will White. Uh, don't no spoilers though. Wait to wait to claim your rewards until after we've finished the book. Please, we beg you. Please, we'll make we'll make some uh, some posts on the subreddit when those episodes come out. Okay, anything else before we get started on some theories? No, Lou, it's time. It's time. I want to dunk on these fools. <laughs> okay. I I've got I've got one that I'm going to start out with. Okay. And this I'm actually going to call myself out a little bit because I think I said something along these lines in our previous episodes. But I'm gonna, I'm going to knock a couple theories out here. I'm surprised how few we got related to this, but there is a couple. And uh the the idea is that Mercy and Lyndon are going to get together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, they're not. And here's why. Yeah, here's why. Mercy is so far out of Lyndon's league. Like, so far out of Lyndon's league. Get out of here with this. Tell First of all, yeah. Lyndon looks terrible. We all know it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Okay, he definitely isn't destri- described as like a hottie, <laughs> but he's over here scowling angrily <laughs> constantly at everyone. He has like glowing red orbs for eyes, which while intimidating is not attractive. I think that's fair to say. Mm, um, okay. All right. Also, point two, it's not all about looks, Dan. Yeah, you're Ter- right. He has a terrible personality. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. This is a great point, actually. Mercy is like the nicest person of all time. A delight to be around. Just a treat. An absolute treat. And Lyndon's over here like, hmm, how can I get an advantage and beat these people up? (laughs) Yeah, Lyndon has like no hobbies. (laughs) No sense of humor. I think poor social skills. Yeah, not the greatest. Whereas, whereas Mercy, like you mentioned, is a delight, just a great person, fun to be around. Uh, she's going, she's going a different route. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's irresponsible. It would be irresponsible of Will to have them end up together. I, I think you're right. I think I agree with all your points here. Mercy is way above. Like Mercy's way too good for Lyndon as he is. Uh, I want to address a particular comment by a user, Nick named Nick. 
And this is about Lyndon's first kiss. So nicknamed Nick purports that Lyndon's first kiss is going to be with Mercy and it's going to happen when Mercy becomes uncrowned. And it's going to happen like in a flurry of excitement in the middle of the arena. She's going to like kiss Lyndon. And he and nicknamed Nick thinks that Akura Malice and Yaren are going to be pissed because it's in front of everybody. And it's going to make things awkward. I think you're right. It's going to make things very awkward. But not because Mercy is kissing Lyndon. Because this will be the first ever recorded instance of a kiss. Because everybody watching is going to see Mercy grab Lyndon and put her lips to his lips and gasp in horror, trying to understand what is happening between these two people in the middle of the arena. Because for eight, for seven books now, there is no kissing. We have, there has been no mention of kissing. There have been no mention of two people's lips touching each other. We've been in the cradle, the cradle world for years now. And no mention whatsoever of a kiss. This will be the first instance of a kiss and people will be shocked. They'll be trying to figure out like, what's, what is happening? What is that thing that's going on in the middle of the arena? Everyone's going to think it's like an offensive move is what you're saying. Right. Oh, is she like sucking Madra out of, out of Linden? Is that a new cycling technique? Yeah, I think I think that that's very I think that that's very true. To yeah, okay, we've <laughs> nickname Nick. Your theory's out. Your theory's done. Boom. It's it's not going to be shocking because who's being kissed. It's going to be shocking because it will be the first kiss in Cradle. Groundbreaking stuff here. People are going to be talking about it for years. I think that and also Mercy will not be kissing Linda. Yeah, also we've got, we've got two two knockdowns there. I'm going to say that my my. Uh, my rebuttal of Mercy not being into Linden also knocks out Jakob's Barrel Beasts theory. Mm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my only problem with Jakob's Barrel Beasts theory in particular is that Pride is cool with Linden. Like you're forgetting, you're forgetting when Pride and Mercy have that moment where he's like, oh, yeah, Lyndon's totally good for you. And Mercy's like, oh, I did not really even think about him that way. But thank yeah. you, I guess. Okay, but back up, though, because tell us tell us what part of Jakob's Barrel Beast's theory that you're refuting. Yeah, so Jakob's Barrel Beast's theory is that Lyndon ends up training with Yaren, and the entire time they're avoiding Pride because he wants to make sure Lyndon knows his place in the Akura family. And so, like, like I feel like Lyndon and Akura Pride are cool because Akura Pride is, like, telling Mercy he's cool with it. So, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So the only reason they'll be avoiding Akura Pride is because it's super awkward when he keeps trying to set up Lyndon with Mercy. Like, that's the reason they're going to be avoiding Pride. It's not because he's, like, trying to, trying to assert his dominance over Lyndon. Right. This is this is actually similar to what I commented on the subreddit here, where pride the the reason that Lyndon is going to be avoiding pride is because pride is going to be too into Lyndon now, right? He's going to be when when you say he wants to make sure Lyndon knows his place in the family, that's because he's like continues to invite Lyndon <laughs> to all of the events that he's going to, and Lyndon is just tired of it, so he's avoiding him. That's that's where I think that this is going. Yeah, I I'm for sure with you on that one. I think that's a, that's that's why we're avoiding pride. Okay, it's not it doesn't have anything to do with pride trying to you know put Lyndon down or anything like that. Right, pride is now on the Lyndon train. Yeah, pride's team Lyndon for sure right now. <laughs> okay, let's. I we forgot to say this. Uh, quick quick rules of this game is that. If we can, ref since since we got a lot of theories, a lot of multiple theories per comment. So if we can refute uh, any part of your comment, we're counting it. <laughs> okay. 
that counts as a as a point for us. We're absolutely counting it. Speaking of refuting uh, any one point of an entire comment, I want to talk about a hurry threes comment on our subreddit. So a lot of these comments are coming from the r iteration one ten subreddit, but we also have a have a subreddit r don't call it a book club. Check it out. Where a hurry three commented and they commented their first theory was that the uncrowned tattoo is some kind of binding oath of mutual non-aggression between all the combatants and this is a requirement for the first uncrowned tournament so that you wouldn't have everybody just constantly trying to to murder everyone and that's why fury can't target safara if she gets to the top eight and i think i think you're onto something here but i don't think that the tattoo is binding i think it's just highly respected and the way i think of it is like when you get two drunk bros who go outside a bar to fight and they both take off their shirts right before they start throwing bows and they see that they both have the same tribal armband tattoo, it immediately diffuses the tension. And there's no there's no binding agreement there between those two drunk bros that they're not going to fight once they see they have the same tattoo. But they're just not going to. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be said. They don't need to have it, like, written down anywhere. But it's an unspoken agreement that when they recognize that they both, you know, they're on the same level. Then they back off. They're like, okay. They're on, they're on the same team, basically. Exactly. But it's not like, it's not an established It's team. not a binding oath. You know, when they got the tribal yeah. armband, they didn't sign a document saying they weren't going to fight their fellow tribal armband brethren. <laughs> but they just do. They just, yeah, that's how it is. I, so I, I think that that's fair. So it's not binding. It's not binding. A hurry three. But it, it is non-aggressive. You're you're onto something, but but not quite there. <laughs> we as a, authorities are saying. I think that that's a good point. Um, and okay, one one other part of this of of a hurry three's comment, uh, the theory was that Lyndon is going to outpace Yaren and Mercy uh, in the advancement in this book. I just. I'm I'm I think it's I think it's Yaren's turn. Mm. Right? It's mm-hmm. Yaren's turn. It was supposed to be a Yaren book. Mm-hmm. We all know it. I think I think Yaren comes out on top. I feel pretty good about it. Um Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna crush it. She's gonna be I actually think <laughs> I actually think Lyndon comes last here. Yaren and Mercy are both gonna crush Lyndon. Right. You're saying based on the speed with which Lyndon has been advancing. We've gotta we've gotta let Yaren and Mercy have a few wins here, right? Right. Right. And th- this is also given that the fact that like Lyndon got to do Ghost Water, and that like substantially helped his advancement way more than anything else. And so like we have kind of an inflated perspective of how quickly Lyndon can advance in like a mm-hmm. normal kind of situation. And so, like, In, inflated perspective as to how everyone can advance, I would say. Yes. Lyndon, Lyndon, especially, though. Yes, yes, I definitely agree. I, I actually disagree with Luke here. Uh, I, I don't think. I think we're done advancing. I don't think. I don't think there's any advancement in this book. We got. We got actually a few more comments about who is going to advance, how they were going to become sages, in particular. The Hulls 6 and Andy Uchiha. A lot of comments about who becomes Harold first, who becomes a sage. I think we're good. I think I think no advancement in Wintersteel because it's been described throughout this series that each level of advancement is exponentially harder to achieve than the previous one. And in every book, almost, we've seen advancement we've seen somebody go up a new power level and the last book they all became underlords well in underlord they all became underlords right so like 
I think just no advancement. We get two books of no advancement, and then they get to Overlord maybe in the next one, and who knows what happens. But like, Ethan's been Underlord for a grip. He's been Underlord since uh, Soulsmith. So like, yeah, I feel like it's 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 time to slow down a little bit. Uh huh. Uh huh. Get your feet under you before you advance. For, and you're okay. You're specifically saying among our among our three main characters. Yeah, Lyndon, no Yaren, Mercy. We're gonna stay. We're gonna chill. This, I think, this is the book where Fisher Gesha comes in and is like, "Hey, let's have a picnic, guys." <laughs> I think, I think that this is a personal growth book, uh, in terms of like. <laughs> not advancement we're getting a, we're getting a lot of character arc here a lot of exploration of of personalities a little bit more unrelated to advancement which i think is great i think they which all I'm grow as friends mm-hmm. the the bonds of friendship that are formed between Lyndon yaren mercy ethan dross i think i think here as we get an advancement of the friendship and the bonds mm-hmm. between them and not necessarily lots like of, just a fighting level advancement. Right. Lots of trust falls. Uh maybe maybe some maybe some hobbies that we're getting. Finally, oh. please. Oh, Yaren learns to cook in this book. Oh, maybe maybe Mercy takes up knitting or crochet. Hmm. Uh-huh. I think that that's happening. I think that's the main point of this book, actually. Speaking oh oh, actually one other one uh that's gonna transition us well. Yaren learns to read in this book. Whoa! <laughs> There's a couple theories about this. One, you you mentioned Andy Uchiha. Uh, <laughs> their theory is that Lyndon reads, becomes a sage before Yaren uh, because reading is a requirement for sagehood. Um, <laughs> I first of all, I like it. Love this love this little secret secret requirement. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a dig at it real quick though. For one thing, I do think that Yaren learns to read, um, but I will say reading is a broad term. Ooh, okay. okay. Yaren knows how to read body language. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, able to become a sage. Yaren knows how to read very well based on our previous book. Uh, she can she can read like whatever you're about to do in, in the fight, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So I'm saying I'm saying reading is too broad. Maybe she doesn't know how to read words <laughs> on a page, but she knows how to read a lot of other things. Therefore, sagehood coming up soon. Well, but when when you said earlier how you said in this book Yaren's gonna learn how to read, you were talking about reading words, right? I was. Okay. And that's gonna okay, that's gonna transition me here. Because we've got we've got another theory from LD Debate ninety one. That theory is that uh, Yaren and Lyndon get together when Lyndon teaches Yaren how to read. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's that theory. Uh, no, that's not how it happens. Yaren learns to read, sure, but she does it to surprise Lyndon. Ooh. That's clearly coming up. A big surprise. Uh, oh, Lyndon, look what I've been working on so we can bond. I've learned how to read. There we go. Lyndon does not teach Yaren how to read, mm. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I feel good about this too. Yaren has always felt like a self-starter to me. And mm-hmm. if Yaren wants to learn how to read, it's such a g- great gift to Lyndon to surprise mm-hmm. him with that. And I don't think Yaren needs Lyndon to learn how to read. There's plenty of people I think who could teach Yaren how to read. I imagine, I imagine Yaren could get one of those... <laughs> This is actually a, okay, nobody needs to teach Yaren how to read because what all Yaren needs to do is get one of those like memory slates of somebody learning how to read and just like go through the tutorial there (laughs) and it'll be way faster and she'll like have the knowledge of how to read in like two days rather than like spending the time to learn the alphabet Mm -hmm. and like sounding out words. She'll just like do the hooked on phonics version of these right. like training simulations that everybody's been doing. Yeah, no one no one in this world learns how to read from their elementary school teacher anymore, except in the Sacred Valley. <laughs> That's right. In the Sacred Valley they have to do it that way. 
but everybody else yeah. is doing like hooked on phonics all that stuff mm-hmm. so yeah yaren yaren learns to read but it's on her own and she surprises Lyndon with it boom uh ld debate uh we gotcha good try <laughs> we gotcha uh loner actual of course of course loner actual we're gonna get to you loner <laughs> Loner Actual is trying to refute a theory we made in the past about how Zoros, the dragon herald, chose to look like a dragon and not a human. And Loner Actual is saying that when dragons advance, they can switch freely back and forth as long as they have soul fire. So they can change their appearance to look more or less like a dragon at will. I... I don't think that this is true because like the whole reason Orthos was having a gigantic crisis at the end of Underlord is because he had to go on a journey to figure out what his form was going to be because Orthos was about to advance. And when you advance, you like pick kind of what you look like as a dragon. And it seems like it would be a very chill thing if you could just tr- like switch whenever. It seems like it wouldn't be as big of a of a life changing decision if you could just like put a little bit of soul fire in there and change how you looked. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there were examples in the past of of dragons significantly changing, like changing from dragon to human and back and whatever. But I feel like the reason Orthos left was because he had to go on a journey of self-reflection to decide if he wanted to look like a big beefy human or if he mm. wanted to look like a little a little snake, a little lizard boy or I don't know, whatever form he wanted to take. I feel like he had to go figure out what his form was going to be. Okay. I okay, so I I I think that there's a chance that we're that we're missing something here, but I'm going to go a different route to 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 refute you actually. Mm. You specifically. All right, fine. It's Loner Actual and Luke against Dan. I I think that to your point, um, like Orthos being able to or having to go decide. I don't think that that necessarily disproves anything um, because like big decisions that affect like who I am, for example, I can go back and change with some effort. You know, like I could be... I made the decision a while ago to be a jeans and t-shirt guy. Maybe next week I'm like, you know what? I'm goth now. Big change in my life. Luke, it's not. As far as some effort, I'm going to have to go shopping and like figure out what to wear. But I can do it. Hold on, Luke. You're saying. Or, Or another example, if I'm vegetarian now. It's a big part of my identity, mm-hmm. but uh, all of a sudden I want to eat meat. Oh yeah, it's going to be a rough few bathroom trips, but I can do it. <laughs> I see what you're saying. So it's like it's not just a matter of of being a dragon or being a human, but it's all the other stuff that comes with it. Like now that I'm a human, I have to figure out if I'm a pants or skirts kind of person. Or if I'm a flip-flops or a Tevas kind of guy. Whereas when I'm a dragon, it's just like, I want to fly around. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all there is to being a dragon. Not, it's not even no, a decision. It's just uh, what you want to do all the time. I mean, Okay, so I think that that's part of it. But I do. the point that I'm trying to get across is that the decision for them to be human or dragon mm-hmm. is an important decision. And it takes effort to switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. And like you're changing a part of who you are when you do so, mm-hmm. but it's doable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like me turning goth, even though I'm currently a jeans and a t-shirt kind of guy. This is fair. This is fair. I think there's potential here. I think there's potential here, uh, which is good because I've I've brought up another, another part of Loner Actual's comment to refute. So if you don't buy, if you don't buy my rationale for the first part, Loner Actual is coming at our theory that the Nine Cloud Court and the 
the Tidewalker sect modified the arena in order to give themselves an advantage instead of going to Ghostwater. And Loader Actual is trying to convince me that the Tidewater sect thought conquering Black Flame territory was so important that they couldn't send one of their promising warriors to Ghostwater with these treasures that allowed Linden to go from like a go- like basically the bottom of gold to top of gold. And they they didn't have one warrior that they could send there. And they were too busy. They were they were so dedicated on taking territory in the Black Flame Empire. They couldn't send one warrior to potentially get Ghostwater and have this incredible fighting ability. Yeah, loner actual. I don't think so. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we're standing by that one. We okay. saw firsthand That's the a... benefits of ghost water. Come on, loner actual. Get real. That's a that's a deep cut that if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, you're gonna have to go back for. Uh, one thing that I will say that I that I really like about about loner actual's theories. One of them, Dross and Nine Cloud Soul getting a little romantic subplot there i think that 100 percent happens i'm not here to refute that one i'm here for it yeah i i'm very into that as well i think there's a lot of poe there <laughs> speaking of interesting romantic involvements tara hex posted a theory that yaren's blood shadow copied her infatuation with linden but it has no concept of love instead the infatuation was twisted into an obsession with killing or hurting linden I like this theory, but I don't think that the Blood Shadow is in love with with Linden. The Blood Shadow is in love with Linden's hunger arm, for sure. These two creatures are like peas in a pod. They're like made for each other. They're both obsessed with like consuming and controlling all of the the beings around them. They're very domi- dominating, and I feel like they just fit together so well. So I think the blood shadow is not going to be infatuated with Linden. It's going to have a thing for his his weird white hunger arm. Okay. And okay. so I, I just see like I, I can envision a scene. Linden kind of walking, walking along hand in hand in hand with Yaren and the and Yaren's blood shadow. That's that's really perfect, actually, because Linden's, you know, Linden's in the middle here. His his uh, normal hand holding hands with Yaren, his hunger hand holding hands with Yaren's blood shadow. That's per- that's a lovely scene. It's a nice scene. little picnic. <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> I am excited to see that. I'm I'm expecting it to be in this upcoming book. Um, let's let's okay. Let's talk more about another relationship oriented. We have a lot of these. <laughs> another relationship oriented theory uh this one by modern othello uh their theory is that essentially i'm going to boil it down to jai long and kelsa linden's sister getting together Mm -hmm. i've got i've got two things to say about this number one it's in this theory as well uh the modern othello is talking about how jai chin is uh been almost confirmed to be linden's wife from his future right his like uh hypothetical future that didn't end up happening that serial showed him Uh, i think we've showed pretty uh, pretty extensively in previous episodes that jai chin is actually related to linden through his mom uh so i think that's i think that's pretty clear cut you can you can check out some previous episodes of ours to figure that one out yeah that's pretty canon at Um, this point (laughs) pretty pretty feel pretty good about that one uh, the other way that I want to refute this is Jai Long and Kelsa getting together. Have you seen Jai Long? He's a mess. I know I said that Linden looks terrible, but Jai Long is horrifying. Like, wow. sure, Kelsa might be friends with him, but look at this guy. Okay, Luke, this is offensive. I'm offended by this. <laughs> because Jai, my problem with Jai Long is he is just an absolute mess of a person right now. Like, okay, he was, I, I, he's going to need, we're going to need a lot of redemption for Jai Long in order for him to be 
like somebody I, I think Kelsa would be interested in because he was like in a murderous, like he was pursuing bloody vengeance for a long mm-hmm. time at the cost of like a lot of people's lives and did not care at all. Now, it seems like after his duel with Lyndon, he's kind of started to develop a bit of a heart because Lyndon's, you know, Lyndon's helped out his sister a little bit. And I think there's a huge potential for for a four-person squad to take down the Heaven's Glory school to get like a little Orthos, Kelsa, Jai Long, and Jai Chen taken down the Heaven's Glory school. Maybe they use the like well of the old man or the grandfather's well or whatever that special water is grandfather's tears grandfather's tears and they can heal jylong's face Hmm? (laughs) that'd be nice it would it would be nice uh it'd probably make kissing a lot easier now that that's you know a big popular thing in this world after the whole mercy linden (laughs) discovery but but yeah i feel like i feel like we'd there's not enough here for me to for me to think that that Jai Long and Kelsa are going to get together. They are they are not a good match right now. Right. And and to your point about you said that Jai Long has has gotten kind of a heart. I I don't think that's true. <laughs> like I know you said that like oh he's okay with Lyndon now because he helped his sister. That's like for you to be a good person you can't just treat the people that help you well <laughs> like so Jai Long's still terrible I'm still very anti Jai Long he went on a murderous like <laughs> rampage against family members who to be fair had treated him poorly but I mean he murdered a lot of people I don't know if I'm Kelsa if I'm like hey so tell me about your uh <laughs> Tell me about what you've been up to for the last few years. I'd love to meet your family. <laughs> what are we doing for what are we doing for Thanksgiving? When I when I check, you know, go back to the old ancestral home. I think that that story might be a deal breaker for me if I'm Kelsa. Yeah, it would be pretty rough. And it's going to it's going to be a long discussion. That's for sure. <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, what have you been doing to improve yourself so that you can uh i don't know be forgiven for that horrible history oh you just like are kind of friends with linden now no that's not enough <laughs> okay we're this is too we're cutting too far into this one i think um point is jylon kind of sucks Still. and is really nice yeah and we don't we don't ship them i guess Okay, Clorp, user Clorp. <laughs> user Clorp is trying to present this picture at the end, is trying to present this picture of the Uncrowned Tournament where Ethan makes a deal with Malice that hasn't been revealed yet, and then he shows overwhelming power, but then like kind of pulls a, his punch at the last minute to demonstrate to everybody that he's really powerful, but he's like holding back a little bit. This is so out of character for me. I'm sorry. Ethan, the dude who intentionally tried to be at the very last position of the first round of the tournament, who was like constantly bouncing back and forth between that last position, decides that in this tournament, he's going to finally show off his huge epic power in front of everybody just to like show it off and make sure everybody knows how dope he is. I No. I don't buy this for Ethan's character. I don't I don't love this for him. This doesn't feel like Ethan to me. I'm sorry, Clorp. It would be very cool. And we're all waiting for that moment when we finally realize just how powerful Ethan is. But Ethan is not showing the whole world this moment. This moment happens with like Lyndon and Yaren and one bad guy. Like it happened with the... Uh, underlord from red moon hall that is when we see ethan's true power but it is not happening in front of everybody at this tournament no way in hell another clorp theory 
is that Mercy beats Sephora. Mm-hmm. And after like losing the favor of the monarch, the dragon monarch, she goes rogue and attacks London and London kills her. I don't think it happens that way. Okay. I think that, and this is going to be wild, but I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I think that, sure, Mercy beats Sephora. Sephora, it's the last straw against the uh, dragon monarch. He disowns her. And uh, all of a sudden, oh, what's that? Sephora's got a lot in common with Lyndon? I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think we get a little romantic subplot between the disowned Sephora and, and Lyndon. I think that happens. There's a lot of passion there that I could see erupting. Stop. Stop. Jai Long, Safara. This is perfect. What? <laughs> what? Jai Long is an exiled member of a once proud family. He's very talented, mm-hmm. but he is like kind of disgraced and he's looking for some redemption. Safara loses this fight, gets rejected from her clan, goes out, has some like self-discovery, meets Jai Long. They have a lot to bond over. Some pretty mm-hmm, abusive family dynamics with both of them. <laughs> and they both have like pretty terrible histories. So I think there's a lot of like forgiveness that happens there. That's easy. Ooh, there's okay. a lot of like, hey, okay. you did some terrible stuff. I can tell you my bad stuff because like, your stuff, I think, is about on on the same level as mine, mm-hmm. and I just I feel like it works. Plus, they both have like kind of kind of a scaly situation up at the mouth parts. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I do think that there's a lot to bond over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you 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 lost me for a second, but I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm back here. I think that Jai Long and Sofara definitely get together in future books, <laughs> and this that can't happen. If, if Lyndon kills Safara, so <laughs> right there we go. That's it. There we go. We're back. So sorry, Clorp. Okay. I do the one thing I'll say about Clorp's theories. I do like this idea that we're finally going to get some something about the ice of this sword involved. Mm. Like mm-hmm. we've been hearing, we've been hearing how just frosty this sword is that Yaren has for seven books now. Tell me what it does, please. Give me a little bit more of like how the sword works with this with this frosty nature. And and I'm here for it. I want to see some ice madra in these attacks. We saw one of them in the tournament, but I want to see Yaren develop develop this this kind of ice ice attack that she's been okay. working on. So Clorp, I'm here for that. Okay, next, since we since we brought up Sofara. A little romantic subplot there. I'm going to move us on to something similar. Uh, Your mom, your dad, 21210. Great username. Uh, Their theory is that Yaren and and Sofara get together, ride off, and Lyndon becomes their jester. This is a good one. This was tough to dispute. Um, I think Mm -hmm. it's... uh, I'm mostly on board with this. I'm mostly on board. Mostly on board. The one thing that I will say... Lyndon's not funny enough to be a jester. This is exactly my problem. Do you know who is the jester, Luke? Who's the jester? You take away Mercy's powers again. Mercy's the jester. <laughs> little little physical comedy, you mean? Yeah, outstanding physical comedy. Mercy's always upbeat. No matter what bad news it is that Mercy's going to be delivering, it's going to be with a smile. And she's probably going to trip and fall on her way out, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you take away Mercy's powers again. Great jester material. Lyndon, you can just send to the library. Like, I'm sure he'd love it. Just, like, go do something else, Lyndon. <laughs> yeah. I love this theory. My only problem is I don't think Lyndon... I don't think Lyndon's the jester here. No jester. No. Okay. I want to... Luke, I want to talk about a theory that is so near and dear to my heart. Phoenix with two X's. Phoenix, a thousand blessings upon you, my child. <laughs> a million blessings upon you. Phoenix's theory is that Osriel is on Cradle, specifically because it's thought by the other Abaddon that it is impossible for, for him to be on Cradle. Where is Osriel hiding on Cradle, you ask? 
Osriel is Elder Whisper and is projecting an illusion so he can remain undetected. This theory, I think, is incredible. I don't see how anyone could reasonably disagree with this theory. I'm completely convinced. I think it's outstanding. I have no notes for this. <laughs> I love this theory. Uh, by the way, uh, if you haven't listened to our episode on Unsold, I definitely recommend that. I, f- I have a feeling like you'd like it uh, in a completely unrelated uh, side here. Subtle. Very subtle. Okay. Let me bring us to off and on fitnesses theory and that is that north strider is basically just here to help zeal Mm. just just really wants to help help his buddy zeal uh the one thing okay so first off i i i like the idea of this okay but but i don't think i don't think the north strider is the kind of person that just goes out and does personal favors that's why i'm refuting this but I will say, I would be a big fan of <laughs> North Strider just just having a buddy who's down, who's down, down on his luck, and is like, you know what? I got to get you out of this. Yeah, that's what that's so. I, so I do like it. Yeah, I I could see that one. I'll say so. Often on Fitness's comment was, everything North Strider has done is for zeal. He wants Zeal to ascend, which is the only real way to get his powers back. I don't know, man. I think he ate that veggie wrap because he was just hungry. <laughs> I mean, I guess he could have shared some of Zeal off screen, but like, I don't know how that was for Zeal. So I'm not buying it. That's right. That's true. That's a good point. You got <laughs> These theories need to be flawless. Okay. We got you. We got you on that one off and on fitness. You're done. Um, okay. So we got a, we got a theory from digital Deus one that is, that has a lot to do with, uh, Osriel and their role in, um, in this, in this whole story. And essentially the part that I want to talk about is digital Deus claims that Osriel broke the pact between the judges by providing his path or some big benefit to uh, Ethan. And I, I don't really believe that this as the motivation for Osriel. Like, I don't think that Osriel broke the pact by giving somebody on Cradle his path. And I don't believe that's true for two reasons. The first is that it seems like Osriel broke the pact by like refusing to do his job. Because from what Suriel has described, Osriel's job was essentially to like completely destroy entire worlds to prevent them from being corrupted by the void and corrupting other worlds. And so he was like essentially an executioner like he was called the reaper for a reason and surreal makes it sound like that's there's a lot of weight in doing that job and osriel just like didn't want to do that anymore and like is trying to find a better way of approaching the problem and so to me it's it seems more like he just stopped doing his job and that's how he broke the pact not that he gave his path to ethan but like beyond that, I feel like at the level of the Abadan, paths don't really matter. Like Osriel's path doesn't matter at the level of the Abadan because it seems like they're all drawing from the way at that point. And they just have different levels of ability of drawing from the way, which I think we've had it confirmed that the way is like the source of all of the the madra and like the source of the actually this may have been a theory that we talked about in a previous episode i'm gonna say it's canon we that the way <laughs> is where all of the madra and aura in the world come from and so like at the abadan level paths don't really matter and so teaching ethan his path doesn't necessarily set him up to do anything that's like that outstanding or at least 
digital days in your comment, I'm yet to understand how giving Ethan a path has really like set him up to do anything special. When among the Abadan, it doesn't seem like paths really matter. Fair enough. I would no, I would agree. I would agree there. I don't know if I think that paths matter at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when you're pretty pretty low level, but at a certain point it's like not necessarily your paths that's that's helping you advance. Right. Um I think that there, maybe there's a chance that he, uh he gave Ethan something else, but I don't know if I don't know if path is is big enough there. Okay. Uh let's talk Let's talk. We've got a couple theories about penance. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Number one, uh, Nicholas Kang got a theory from them about um, penance being there to kill subject one. Now, I'm not positive who subject one is, but I can refute this because I already know who penance is there to kill. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. From Osriel. Mm-hmm. Um, Osriel, we know, big, uh, big, big fan of plants. Got some house plants, and I just remember I know one time, you know, he's going on a vacation, mm-hmm. and wanted someone to water his plants for him. And they forgot, plants died. Boom, Osriel creates penance because, because gotta kill that person. Don't kill, don't kill Osriel's plants. That's so rude. Yeah. It was just such a small fl- favor. Yeah, that's so true. And even if you did forget, even if you did forget because it's like eh, pretty low stakes and they're just plants, like those plants meant a lot to Osriel. Yeah. That's and yeah. think how many years that those plants could have lived with Osriel. Like if you have a succulent, that's, <laughs> that's years. That snake plant has been in his family for generations, actually. Now he has to go get another cutting from his grandfather. And that's because you didn't water it one day out of the week. You didn't go for one day to his house to water the plants. Unacceptable. It's a bad example because because snake plants are drought tolerant. But the point stands. <laughs> the point stands. We got another theory about penance, and this is from Painting Refinish. Painting Refinish said the winner of tur- of the tournament slash penance chucks the spear and kills the Abadan judge. Uh, my response can't reason number one it's an arrowhead not a spear number two (laughs) it can kill anyone in this world uh but the abadan are clearly beyond cradle so they're not a part of cradle as the world so it can't kill an abadan and three there's not going to be a rightful champion uh when the nine cloud monarch wins the tournament and tries to use penance and the judges are all just laughing at the stupidity of the cradle monarchs because one of their rules was that you can't compete in the tournament if you're a monarch and the abadan clearly said you have to follow the rules if you want to use penance so when Mm. the nine cloud monarch wins they're not even going to be able to use this thing so there's three reasons why this theory isn't going to work (laughs) sorry painting penance never gets penance never gets used is what you're i like it that's right i like it i think that's true um Okay. We've got we've got one theory um from TH Furan. Little oh. comet or little uh little chemistry themed name. We love love it, that. I'm assuming. Uh this theory is basically that Lyndon actually does end up winning this tournament because some freak accident happens and his hunger arm eats everyone. This <laughs> is tough to disprove. This to to me, this is so clearly going to happen that while it's technically a prediction, it's like me saying that I predict the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not much we can say about this one because it's just like, of course, that's what's going to happen. That's what like the whole story has been building to this entire time, and like, I can't like, yes, you technically gave us a prediction, but it's just like so it's so clearly going to happen that like we can't really say anything about it. So I guess like. You win on technicality, TH Furan. <laughs> Proud of you. I I do like the image here that it's like some big accident. Just Lyndon's like, oh no. <laughs> oh dang it. Sorry guys. My uh my little arm ate all of you. My, I, my damn arm went tough. crazy. 
It was wild. Couldn't control it. <laughs> yes, it's a very good theory. It's a very good and pure theory, and I'm excited to read about it in Winter Steel uh, when it comes out on Tuesday. Very excited for it. I want to talk about a theory from Peak Data about Hunger Madra and Authority Madra. And Peak Data presents this theory about how Hunger Madra is actually Authority Madra. And I'm not going to read the whole the whole theory here. Uh, they go into detail about it. It's on the subreddit. Read it if you want. But at the at the crux of it, it's this idea that authority is like a separate substance in the world and hunger madra and authority madra are a part of this same substance i like this idea that hunger madra and authority madra madra are related but i actually think that they're opposites and i think they're opposites because of a theory that we've talked about in previous episodes where i think hunger madra comes from the void and where where most of the aura and madra in the world comes from the way and that's where all this like energy comes from i think hunger madra is unique because it inherently comes from the void and we can see a lot of evidence with this in that like the void is this like realm of chaos and there it's like it's like a corruption of the world and how everything to do with hunger madra is like a corruption. Like all the hunger beasts in the desolate wilds are like these weird corrupted forms. And uh, anything that uses hunger madra, it's like degrading their their being to a certain extent. And that that like is uh, has a lot of parallels with the void. And I think authority madra is like very closely to being directly from the way. Because I see the way as like providing order for the universe and having things that are very like everything is in their place. And authority madra gives the wielder the ability to like make reality the way that they think it should be. And this seems very similar to what Surreal is doing and what all of the Abaddon judges are doing by like manipulating reality and time to be in a certain way. And you know, we've seen authority madra used by the nine clad monarch to uh, get through the tournament when she has to like answer a riddle at one point and she just uses her authority madra to make the guy give her a key and like bow down and kiss her feet essentially and so it's just this ability to control the world and to control the order of the world and that to me feels like the opposite of hunger madra rather than the same as hunger madra so so I like your theory, but I think that they're opposites. I don't think that that they're the same. All right, <laughs> that's a yeah. That was good. That was good. It was serious. Uh, you know, deep there. Liked it. Uh, I do think that I'd have to reread it. I think that Lunar Actual has something kind of similar in in their comment uh, about that uh, chaos and like hunger mantra. Maybe I'd have to double check, but. Um, Okay. Denzek. Denzek posited a theory that Safara reaches semis in the tournament. First off, I want to say I, I applaud you for your bravery with this theory. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure she's going to get disqualified when her birth certificate reveals that she's actually 360 in human years. And in dragon years, sure, she might be under 35, but... You know, they kind of cheated to get her in the tournament anyway. And so she's, I'm pretty sure she's going to get disqualified before even getting there. So nice try, but no dice here. Thank you for going out on a limb with that theory. <laughs> uh, ASIC SP, I don't know why you decided to put this on Emrys. I have no idea what your basis is. You're, you're out here on the subreddit saying Emrys will die in parentheses, hope not. Why are you putting that on Emrys right now? Emrys <laughs> is like the source of language for all the people on Cradle. This wonderful force of nature that's very welcoming and and has a nice a nice smell. Is just like a really pleasant 
monarch of all the monarchs seems like one of the coolest and you're throwing out a theory that they're gonna die based on what <laughs> why why would you put this on emrys they sound delightful they do i just don't understand where this is coming from and for that reason alone i want to say it's not it's definitely not happening because like <laughs> don't put this on emrys stop putting this out into the universe I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to hear it either. I'm I'm done with it. <laughs> 241 no. Brent had a theory about how Ethan can open portals and that's how he gets around so much and how he's constantly popping up places. And one of the places that he mentioned was getting into Linden when he was in prison. Uh I think if Ethan was opening up portals to get into Lyndon's prison cell, Fisher, Gesha, and Yaren would have probably noticed because Ethan brought them with him. So I, I don't think he's opening up portals to do this stuff. I think he's just sneaky as hell. I think he's just a little just sneaky boy. I will say, uh, like, sages can do this, right? That's true. It's possible. I think that that's... That's just a thing that you do it's at sage level, maybe earlier. So it's it's possible. We'll give you that. But breaking into to Linden's prison cell with Yaren and Fisher Gesha, no, he's not using a portal. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's just really sneaky so that they didn't even know that they were being teleported. Right. Yeah. That no could be. I don't buy it. All right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice try, everyone. But you can't you can't get any of these by us. Uh, we we I think that that's all of the comments that we got. That's all the theories. A lot of them, but if we've refuted pretty much all of them, done. Uh, again, if you got any of them correct, let us know after we have released our final episode on Winter Steel. We'll we'll also we, be keeping track. So if 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 you got one correct, we will give you a shout out. Uh, we, we will, and we'll 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 let you know what we what we tweet at will. But but I think based on our based on our episode today, I'm not too hopeful. I don't think we're going to be doing much tweeting, Luke. No, I don't think so either. Okay, uh, so again, Winter Steel's coming out on Tuesday. We are going to read the first half of it and release an episode on Thursday. That is the 8th. Uh, look forward to that. We'll actually have some 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 real uh, Cradle content to talk about then, so that should be fun. Um, and then we will read the second half and release it the following Thursday. So again, keep, keep your eyes peeled for those episodes. Uh, keep on... And then we also have our own subreddit that you can that you can come and comment on there as well that's our don't call it a book club get involved there with some of our other listeners uh to 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 really to really become part of the show that's what we want join the fam <laughs> the the last thing i just want to to mention is we are going to post on the iteration 110 subreddit when we post episodes for the show. So if you want to respond to something that we say in our episodes about Winter Steel without spoilers, uh, go ahead and comment there and we'll be we'll be reading those. Just make sure you're following the spoiler rules of the subreddit. And if for whatever reason you want to post something uh, that does have spoilers for the first half of the book, but you can't post it on the Iteration 110 subreddit, come to our subreddit. Uh, as long as we have read the book or the part of the book, you can post whatever spoilers you want about that episode. So for the first half of Winter Steel, you can, or you can ask us about anything in that first half on our subreddit. <sighs> Luke, I'll tell you what. Today, today, we didn't get a lot of a very convincing theories, I'll say. We got a few, but I'm pretty impressed with the number of hot takes that we received on our post. And as always, 
I'm very impressed with the amount of done there. It's the great.